Welcome to Gray Awakenings, a podcast covering the gray areas of life. Hello, hello. Hey. Welcome to Gray Awakenings. Um, my name is Hannah Gray. My pronouns are they and she. And my fun fact of the day, I didn't think of one. Um, <laughs> Halloween is in a few days and we had a Halloween party this past weekend and I was a goth witch, which like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> And I am Adrian Gray. My pronouns are he, him. And my fun fact for the day is. Boy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bunch of crickets. Um, My fun fact for the day. Where were you for Halloween? (laughs) Well, I was a goth witch with you. It's a couple's costume. Cool. That could be your um, fun fact. You're taking it too long. <laughs> cool. Is that your fun fact? Sure. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking take forever. Really um, tired. <laughs> so we were supposed to have a special guest today, but due to a family of emergency, that couldn't happen. Um, so Adrian and I are flying solo, but we got some good Ooh-hoo. stories for you all. So this is our spooky episode part two, um, and we requested some stories from our friends, family, um, just people who listen to the podcast. So we have some cool stories to share today um, for some spooky time before Halloween. Yay. (laughs) The other day, um, actually, I was hanging out with my nephew, who is two years old, and he's adorable. And we went to a pumpkin patch. We called it the pumpkin farm. And um, we went into this like. It was a hayride. Well, the hayride. Oh, yeah. I could tell that too. Um, <clears throat> but sorry, my throat apparently is full of stuff. Um, oh, you were talking about the teepee? Yeah, the teepee. Well, I don't know if it's a teepee. The it was, like, corn teepee thing well i'll just tell about the hayride since you brought up so we're on the hayride and it like isn't scary but it could be scary but he was like super into it he was like "Ooh, ghosts ooh, witches like he was super into it like ooh, skeletons and then at the end um because he was sitting in my lab my arms were like around him and we were about to end and there's like all these giant fuzzy spiders above us, which were obviously fake. Um, and of course, like one of them just like drops down <laughs> to screw with all of us. And I'm terrified of things that move really fast. So I'm like, <gasps> and then poor little Bo like looks up and he just looks at me with pure terror and his <laughs> mouth is wide open. And he was like, <laughs> it was like really funny, but I felt really bad for him. But he was fine. Like, he didn't cry at all. He was just like, whoa. And I'm like, it's okay. I got you. Like, I'll protect you. So it was fine. But we were in the, like, giant, I don't know. It's like this leaf building thing. I don't like saying teepee because that's, like, cultural appropriation. Yeah. But. um, Made of corn. Like, corn stalks. Oh, okay. Not leaves. (laughs) It's made of corn stalks. Yeah, true. Um, And. We were in there and it was completely dark in there with like some glow from like the jack-o'-lanterns and stuff. And he was just like running around and then he would like come close to me and go, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and he's like, 
ghost stories and I was like tell me a ghost story and he was just like blabbing about random stuff and I was like oh that's so scary (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna give you some scary stories today some ghost stories but not all of them are ghost stories um and so yeah we're gonna start with one of the reader stories um I have a couple stories too personally but let me well, see. you have the other night. Yeah, yesterday. Oh. So we're going to start with a story from... We didn't really ask if people want to be anonymous or not, so I'm just not going to say anyone's name. Um, <laughs> besides if it's like my own. Um, so do you want to read this one? Sure. Okay. So this is from Anonymous. Anonymous. Hmm. When I was 16... I would sometimes visit my great uncle and help him make dinner and things from time to time. He had lost some of his memory, but would always say how I had such a beautiful smile. One night I had a dream. I was in his house and called my name from his bedroom. So I went up the stairs and there he was. However, he was laying on his bed with his eyes closed. Then his spirit hovered over his body He waved at me and smiled and then went through the ceiling. I woke up. It was 3.02. The next day, I get a call from my grandma that he died. I asked what time. 3.02. She said 3.02. (laughs) That's so cool, but... That's so crazy. Like, like, that's, like, super-duper creepy. Yeah, let's, like, kind of pick that apart, like, really... So, basically, her uncle died, and, like, she had... And literally said goodbye in the dream world. That's so cool. And, like, special. I feel like that's scary, but, like, it's special. Um, But what? 302. And then I'm like, dun, 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 dun. (laughs) It's like, like, what else has happened at 302? 302. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's so cool, though. Um, so thank you for sharing that story, Anonymous. <laughs> okay, so we have the first one down. That's a good one. Um, other stories that I feel like are really interesting are um, uh, like unexplained stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I've heard a lot of other stories like similar to that person's that we just read um like i feel like i've heard someone who like people who have passed away they've come to them in a dream and like the person like the sitter the person who has that dream they have to kind of like help them move on like past the spirit realm or past in the stuck stage are you talking like within the same day of them passing away or is it like a couple months later they like end I, up coming I think to the them? specific like thing I'm talking about was within like a few days of that hmm. person dying um and like like they met in a dream um and like the person who died literally had no idea they died like what? the person who was dreaming was like hey like what are you doing here and he was like, what do you mean? I live here. She's like, you died. And he was like, 
what? And like he had to like process that. And because apparently like he died in like a fire or something. And and she's like while like, he was sleeping while was or sleeping. Or, yeah. Oh, shit. And like she had to tell him that he died. He had to process it. And she's like, you should go like you should release yourself. And she had to like help him move on. Like, what the hell? Ah! I've definitely That's had like crazy. dreams with people visiting me in it, like people in my family who've passed on and stuff i've definitely had like those dreams but it's never been like that exact like watching that person leave their body like that's so powerful yeah i mean like i've never had like a dream like of people that i know who are dead like visiting me yeah i just have had there's one dream that i can remember in particular that was just like super messed up yeah do you want me to tell it why not? Okay. Because <laughs> it's so good. Okay. So um, I was going to like this concert with my mom and there were um, like the balcony seats. But the only way that you could get to them was climbing up this really long like ladder. But it wasn't like a typical ladder. It was like a pool ladder. Hmm. So it like wasn't comfortable like climbing up this thing. And like everybody's trying to get to their seats and so like the whole ladder is like full like this is like a hundred foot ladder like you have to climb a hundred feet that takes a while and then for like there being a bunch of people on there too like i remember this dream yeah yeah (laughs) um i'm so we're climbing up my mom's in front of me and somebody at the top had stopped like they were having trouble getting over the edge of the ladder and um I went to go like keep going and then I realized that they stopped and I didn't have anywhere to put uh, one of my feet and so I went to go put it back down on the one below it and I ended up stepping on the person's hand below me and they ended up falling and taking everyone below them down with them and so like everybody just like fell and I they all had to go to the hospital and shit and but like I never knew the outcome like who died who lived or anything and so like I in my dream I had gone to bed and I went to get up because I had to pee and as soon as I stood up and like put my feet over the edge of my bed all of the people that were below me like if they had like lost an arm, it was replaced with a chainsaw or it was replaced with like a machete or a scythe or something, some sort of weapon that could cut. And all of them just started like hacking away at my body, starting with my feet. My body would just like drop down further and further and further. And they you were, were just still like, technically dreaming. I was still dreaming. Yeah. <gasps> so like they just but you kept thought you were hacking getting up. Me. Huh? Like you thought you were getting up to pee. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, it was terrible. I don't think I remember this one anymore. <laughs> I don't think you've ever told me this one. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that was That's pretty fucked horrifying. up. Wow. Um, wonder what lesson that was trying to teach you. Um weird. Okay. Don't step on people's hands. Apparently. <laughs> Jeez. Um, okay, so here is one from anonymous they're all gonna be from anonymous i already said that but i'm probably gonna say a million more times because i'm myself okay 
So let me see here. All right. So this is someone local to Rochester, New York, where we are um, in. Uh, so the person said, so I was closing up shop at what was then Wilson Farms on Park Ave when my manager, who was taking a smoke break, ran inside and said, you got to come see this shit. So I stopped mopping and ran out the front door um, and ran over to the huge parking lot. And when this person does, he sees three big, wait, big as the sun in the middle of the day spheres of light. And he said, at least that's what I remember seeing. And they were orbs. They made no noise, but just seemed to hover there for what seemed like 30 seconds, after which two of them just disappeared, leaving just one for a few seconds. I finished work, and to this day, I have no idea what the hell I saw. What? (laughs) How do you just, like, finish your work and not lose your mind? Like, I would be freaking out. Like, in my imagination, the way that I imagine an orb, like, as big as the sun, like, it's bright. It's unexplainable. It's intense. There's emotion. Like. Emotion. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I just have one explanation for this. Aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, but, you know. Honestly, I believe in aliens. There's obviously more than just us out there. There's infinite possibilities. Y'all, we live in a galaxy. You cannot deny There are, like, many galaxies. Bajillions, trillions, infinite billions. We cannot be the only things. Yeah. Like, just sit here for a second and close your eyes. Deep breath. Realize how fucking small you are. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of stuck in that existential crisis today. That's where, like, when I, most of the time, like, when I get, like, in my fits of, like, depression and stuff, like, that's where my brain goes. I'm just, like, we're so small and unimportant. I mean, we're important, (laughs) but I get that. We're, like, oh, my God, we're tiny little dots. Not even. We're, like, we're smaller than specs. Comparatively. Oh my gosh, we're, it's like, I just, I know, I don't know, but I'm also like, I have very, very intense beliefs that people probably are like rolling their eyes about, but like, I believe in multi-dimensions. So like, it probably was aliens and also multi-dimensional, um, like crosses, like they cross paths and accidentally like blew. I want to know if this person still works there. Well, this person actually works. If they left like after. This person works where I Oh, okay. So, um, but I want to kind of, I want to read his explanation again of what they were. Three big as the sun in the middle of the day spheres of light. They were orbs. That's, and there's three of them and they were hovering there. And then two of them just disappeared and one was left. Yeah. But like, were they all equal distances apart were they like no i i just want to see it i know I see it? like it was in rochester like why wasn't i there <laughs> also though um my other friend who i work with said that they saw the exact same thing that he described one time when they were in arizona aliens <laughs> i mean come on aliens <laughs> 
Orbs. <laughs> I just say it three times because there were three orbs. I don't even know how that alien, song goes. Alien. Alien. <laughs> I'm an alien. No. Look at me. Move my body. What is that? I don't know. Oh, you're just making it up? Yep. Oh. I was like, I've never heard this alien song. <laughs> no one's going to ever listen to this podcast again. <laughs> You've um, got an Adrian and Nana special. Uh-huh. I wish we had more alien stories, though. You should Google some. Okay. Also, not going to lie, I keep seeing shit out of the corner of my eye. Sorry. Freaking me out. Sorry. Um. On that note, can I tell you a story about last night? So... This weekend, like, my sleep schedule got all screwed up because we stayed up late because we had a Halloween party. And then, so last night, this morning, I had to get up at 4, 4.45 a.m. And, of course, last night, I couldn't sleep. Um, so I went to bed at, like, 11.30. And the reason why I finally went to bed, I was sitting out in the living room. Adrian was sleeping. Um, I was, like, sitting in the living room, and I knew Adrian was sleeping, but it sounded like he got up and started walking down our, like, little hall um, that kind of connects the living room and our room. And so it, I heard footsteps, like he was walking by, and I looked over, and no one was there. And then I, like, I was like, huh, what? And I was like, okay, I gotta go to bed. And then I got up and I like looked around the corner and literally the door was shut. Like I didn't even hear the door open. Like literally Adrian was dead ass asleep. I was like, whose footsteps were those? Why am I hearing it? It was so creepy. And I'm still pissed because I did a Ouija board on my property. So fuck y'all. That's why I'm hearing this stuff um, and seeing this stuff. Big jerk. Okay, so um, let's move on to our next story. Do you want to read this one? Yeah. Okay, it's the one, this one right here, the longer one. Okay. So this person, quote, this is the beginning quote. So you can tell about one why are you reading Wait, that part? Just start what? where the story starts. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh my gosh. Can I read this one? I can't understand Adrian. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. lost. So, before I was even two years old. What? I didn't even see that. Because you were reading the first part where they were saying, you can tell this story about when I was a baby. It was short but good. You don't read that part. You read the actual story. Uh, well, I don't know that. Here, start there. I don't even know that. When you're telling a story, you read just okay. the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's all in one paragraph. I know, but you got to improvise. Okay. <laughs> Before I was even two years old, I was playing in the living room and my mom was in the kitchen cooking dinner. When she looked over to check on me, she saw a small translucent Gobliny thing punched over near me on a side table. I guess it disappeared pretty quickly, but it still freaked my mom out. Can you explain what it looked like again? <laughs> it's a small translucent gobliny thing hunched over near me on a side table. Oh no, honey. Oh no. Why are you here? Oh. I mean, hopefully they came in peace, but like, <laughs> my precious. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. All right. 
So moving on to the next one. Have you, you literally have nev- never had anything creepy happen to you? No. Literally never? Literally never. Not even like a true crime thing? No. What the fuck? How? I don't know. All right. So this next story um, is from a lovely human who sent it from Germany. Yes, the country. Germany. Um, and they wanted me to us to say that this is a very short version of what happened. So they said, I was a young boy and just went to a school that was very far away from home. It was always part of my childhood, but those who I've encountered in, oh my God, those who I've encountered at the graveyard were all very nice and sweet towards me. I moved to a very big city in order to study an art form and it all changed. Not only was I overwhelmed by the the hugeness of this new place, the city, but also from all the energies and there were so many of dark schemes and shadows. At my home I had my protection, but far away from all of it, I've all I've ever known, I didn't have the proper pro- protection and they did not leave me alone. Every time I woke up in the middle of the night around that time, I was surrounded by dark shadows who stared down at me. I did not know what to do besides praying as my priest had told me, yet they never really disappeared. I tried to ignore them, but then they got more and more intrusive. Always closely to my eyesight, a chill runs down my spine when I see them, feel them closer as usual. Their energy presence got more and more oppressive. Being at that age, I found myself surrounded by humans who did not have the ability to see what I saw, and I was terribly lonely and felt, yet felt um, haunted on every step I took. Also, I realized that if I visualize barriers and light, the shadows stayed away more when I called upon other deities than the Christian God. So I started to read about magic and the oculate to understand what it was. Still, I was frightened most of the time. So I called protections. So I casted protection spells and banned those who came too close to me in other spheres whom I did not know. That's so cool. What do you think about that? I don't know. Like, I just, I, I think that it's like powerful and like, what makes it so powerful, in your opinion? Just being able to find, like, um, solutions in a time of, like, feeling like you're so alone. And, like, finding and feeling your threatened. own power. Yeah. You know, to, to protect yourself. And, like, I felt like the person, I feel like they were, they felt so lonely because they were, like, the only ones, mm-hmm. they thought they were the only people experiencing this and it was scary for them they couldn't talk to anyone you know and especially with the way that society is yeah and i'm sure i mean i don't know how society in germany is but i'm sure it's got similar it's relatively similar but you know there's obviously like cultural differences definitely um but like the fact that they were able to pull in their power is really cool um and it's also really important to talk about too and I know we touched on it a little bit in our last episode but like you can protect yourself you can set boundaries with the spirit world especially if you 
experience the spirit world, um, you are kind of like, I don't know um, what I'm trying to say. Like if you experience things, you can set boundaries. I'm not really saying that fully will work. I don't, I've never really had experiences of like dark energy. Um, thankfully, I don't think. Um, so I've had experience though with like lighter energies and I was able to communicate with them like, Hey, like, please don't show yourself to me. Please don't do this. I'm not comfortable with that. Like, you know, like you can set boundaries with the spirit world. Um, personally, like I feel like you can, and I've heard it from other places too. When it comes to darker energies, I feel like it's more asking your spirit guides and angels and, um, people in your channel to help protect you. I feel like that's kind of more that route. Um, okay. So that's a good story. Um, I'm going to tell a story next. So this is not really like spooky in a spirit realm, but it's more like, um, how humans are scary as fuck. Um, so we can't forget that. So, um, when I was a baby, this is a story that my mom told me when I was a baby, we were, well, obviously I was in my, um, chair in the back of the car but she was driving and uh she was driving in like really dark it was like really dark out and it was just her and I and uh she was on like back roads driving and this person like sped by her and apparently like she had her high beams on so he like flicked his high beams um at her and she was like pissed off about it so she like flicked her high beams back at him um and instead of just being like cool little road rage let's move on with our day unfortunately he spun his car his truck around and then um um passed my mom and then he uh oh wait no yeah, he spun around and then blocked my mom um like the middle of the street so she couldn't get by him So he got out of his car and he was like going or he like came up to the car. Sorry, I'm like butchering this. But so my mom's stunned. She's in shock. She literally is not doing anything. This man is walking up to her car. Her baby, her firstborn baby is in the backseat. And he walks up to the passenger door and she said literally out of the four doors that were in the car, the passenger door was the only one that was locked. None of the other doors are locked. So he goes to the one door that was locked, tries to open it, and it's locked. So he gets really pissed off. He starts yelling, and then he heads back to his truck. And he's, like, in the back of his truck trying to find something. And my mom is just still in shock, doesn't know what to do, like, can't even move. She, You know, you freeze. What is it? Fright? Flight? Fright? Wait. Fight? Fight, Fight, flight, or freeze. Or freeze. (laughs) (laughs) I know what it is. My mouth wasn't working. Um, She froze. So he's like getting some kind of weapon from his car and he starts like walking back. My mom sees the weapon and he's coming towards her door now. Just as he was about to open the door to like hurt my mother and probably kill her. He looks into the back seat, sees me. And then all of a sudden, just like something washes over his face. He drops his arms, walks back to his truck, and drives away. 
What? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, like, kind of, sort of. Crazy. I just, like, don't understand, like, why people lose their shit like that so Literally, much. Literally, she like, flashed her high beams back at him. Yeah. That's why I get pissed off at you. Because Adrian's <laughs> Mr. Road Rage. Like, he will do the same thing. And I tell him, like, please don't do that. Like, my mom almost died. I almost died. Like, yeah. just from a simple headlight thing. Yeah. I'm going to tell a story real quick. I just realized it. And I feel like I'm going to feel like such an asshole admitting this. Because I didn't call the police. I'm going to shut up. What? <laughs> Do I know this story? I feel like I might have told you. It was like a few years ago. And I was driving on one of the expressways in Rochester. And like I was driving next to this car. And I, I at first I was driving behind it. And I swear the driver was punching the shit out of the person in the passenger seat. Like, literally punching them intensely. Like, full body punching while driving. So, they're, like, swerving everywhere. And then, like, I sped up so I could, like, see if, like, oh, you know what you do in those situations? You're like, no, that's not really what I saw. Yeah. No, 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 no. Maybe he's punching the seat. I don't know. You know, like, that's where my head's going. And so, I, like, sped up next to the car. And, unfortunately, when I was doing that, he got off the exit. So, like, I didn't see the license plate. I don't know anything about cars. Oh. And, like, there was a deep pit in my stomach that was, like, fucking call the cops. But then I had no information. He got off the exit. I'm, like, I don't know what to do. But, like, I did. I did. I was able to speed up fast enough to see that he was literally punching someone. Oh, he was, like, for real. For real punching someone. And I should have called the cops. And I had no information. And I still feel guilty about it. And Shit. I really hope that person's alive still. <laughs> That's rough. I know. I don't know what I would do. <sighs> I feel like I'm working too much to ever be in these situations. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I'm like, why do I have to deal with this? <laughs> I don't know. Today, I was like, I want to call the cops on this person. They just littered in front of me. But then I was like, I also don't trust the cops. So, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, so, um, okay. That was my story. I found a good scary story on Reddit. It's not an alien one, but it's really good. Okay. Tell me the story. Okay. So uh, this one's called Bathroom Window. Um, It was posted by Miss Dorothy of Oz on Reddit. It's one of the worst places to put a window in the bathroom. Now, you might be wondering why that might be. There are windows in bathrooms all the time, aren't there? But you see, in my bathroom, our shower and bathtub are combined, and our wonderful window sits right there in that space, above the bathtub and under the shower. So, if the window was frosted glass, there wouldn't be a problem, but our window was as clear as they could come. Basically... Just a normal window. And since we couldn't put a curtain over it because, duh, shower water, my parents settled on a sticker that simulated the effects of frosted glass. But still, there were those tiny slivers of clear glass on the edges that you could see through. And the fact that the window faced a, park- faced a parking lot in another apartment building did not help at all. Growing up, that window was something that haunted my nightmares. 
I suppose it didn't help that I had a morbid fascination with horror stories, even though I couldn't sleep for days after reading one. Can relate. I used to shower as quickly as I could, imagining a tall, dark figure pressing its face against the window pane, or a decrepit old man banging on the glass, or a gross old man living in the apartment building, peering through the slivers of clear glass. Of course I tried to calm myself after such imaginations. The tiny slivers of clear glass couldn't show anything. The window was 14 stories above the ground, so unless it was a climbing master, our bathroom was unreachable from the outside. And besides, even if the mystery creature was a climber, the window could barely fit a child through it. The monsters of my imagination wouldn't be able to fit into that tiny space. And besides, there were plenty of other bigger windows in my apartment to worry about. Time passed, but the window never left my mind. I think it was the fact that I had nothing to do as I shampooed besides stare out the window into the darkness beyond the sticker and imagine twisted tales of entertain- to entertain myself with. As I grew up and I realized that monsters aren't real, I comforted myself with the idea that anything threatening me through the window was impossible. If my twiggy little body can't get through that space, what can, you know? Now I can't help but scoff at my younger self's fears as I sit in the bathtub, staring at the locked door and listening to the gurgling screams of my mother and the raging bellows of the man who broke into my home. My mind is again filled with those thoughts of that bathroom window, a window too small for me to fit through, 14 stories above the ground. (laughs) Someone broke in and murdered her mom? Yeah. And she's stuck in the bathroom. Fuck. With no window. No nothing. So now she needs her window? Yeah. (gasps) Holy shit. (laughs) 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 That's like scary because I feel like I relate a lot to the fear of like monsters and stuff. And like when I was a kid, no joke, I slept in my parents' bed until I was like 12. Yeah. Not even kidding. Um, Your mom's told me. I know, but it was like, (laughs) I was scared of everything. And I actually was listening to a podcast today that a medium was talking on. And she said that, um, like when we were kids and we're closer, like we have a better contact with the spirit world because we have less like boundaries, stuff like that. And she was like, ever want to explain why, like, if you ever want to explain why you were sleeping in your parents' bed or on their floor for so long, it's probably because you were trying to deal with all the shit you were seeing and hearing and stuff. Did you see the post uh, from our friend um, where their kid like will lay by the door and like just stare? No. Like not move or anything. Where is this? Wait, can you tell the story? Yeah. Uh, well, they just like posted on Facebook and they're like, does anyone have any advice of like getting my kid to sleep in bed? Wait, so what does the kid do? Lays at... <laughs> the bottom of the door <laughs> and it's like abnormally far from the ground yeah and so like sitting in the living room <laughs> you can see the door and all you can see is like the eyes of the <laughs> child just like on the side just laying on the ground peering out the <laughs> bottom of the door 
<laughs> I'm laughing because I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's so terrifying. <laughs> oh, that's such good birth control. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, like, I... I rem- I mean, I still get forget. Like last night when I got in bed because I heard those fir- footsteps, I like plugged my phone in, and then you remember I like crawled over you to get to my side. Yeah, you like squished That's me. That's why <laughs> I did it because I was like, my feet need to get off the ground now. Because <laughs> like I still have fears that like something's gonna grab me from the bottom of the bed. Like if my feet are down. Like my dream. Yeah, that's a chop, fear chop, of mine. Chop, 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 and then chop. also. A fear of mine is having my tootsies out when I'm sleeping, and I love yeah. it. I love that out. that one show with the creepy. We um, talked about it in our last podcast. Did we? It was a movie. No, no, no. Oh, what? Remember, um, we were watching that show that like you had already watched, and it's like short stories essentially, yeah, and yeah, like yeah, the yeah. husband died. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah, it's the and two it was sentence like horror stories. Yeah. Or no, two yeah, two sentence horror stories, I think. It's on Netflix. Yeah. And this one and he like <laughs> crawls up under the blankets. Like I that's know. why I tuck the blanket up under <sighs> my feet. I know, but I like to keep my feet out and I feel nope. like I'm not gonna be able to do it tonight. You so can keep your feet out as much as you Listen, want, though, but my feet are gonna be protected. Or something because I get too hot and that's how I cool myself down. Because you sleep next to me. I know, but it's hot today. <laughs> so we're sleeping with the fan on tonight okay. but or the windows open or something but um that and then also open closet doors oh no nope. and like nope. anytime i come in nope. the room and it's like open and it's dark i'm like bitch bye and i close it right away <laughs> and i'm like oh, my cats aren't in there because they're staying in there all night yeah um so it's like do you still kind of have those fears oh i Always, yeah, I've always had those fears. I even like feel vulnerable up right now with my feet on the ground and like the couch right here. <laughs> like there's space under the couch, and I'm like, <laughs> no, you're good. I know I'm good, but <coughs> um, no, I've always had the fear of the closet though. Oh, yeah. like that. Like growing up, I always had my closet light on, really? and like that was my nightlight. My closet growing because I up, couldn't sleep any other way. Oh, that's kind of a good idea. My closet growing up was like a a sliding door one. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it slid from both sides. <laughs> yeah, 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 And yeah. you see why I couldn't <laughs> sleep in my room. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, okay, let's continue to tell stories. So the next story I'm going to show, we're going to show you Um, this, the person who sent it is going to read it. So hopefully it comes through nicely. You got to like. Down here? That's, okay. Yeah, that's where your speaker is. Hey, Hannah. Uh, I don't know if it's too late, but I just thought of a ghost story that happened to me a couple summers ago that I figured I'd share. Um, I was babysitting a two-year-old little boy over the summer for a friend of a friend of a friend, and my boyfriend had come over um, to spend the night because it was in the middle of nowhere, and I was scared, and we were going to be babysitting overnight. So um, I didn't really know the family very well. The little boy was a cute little one. Everything was fine. And we put the little man to sleep and we were sitting in the living room and we noticed that his phone battery was at like 12%. So we started looking for a charger and then it was at 11% and then 10% and then 9% and it was dropping like every three to four seconds. It wasn't actually draining like we 
typically see a cell phone battery drain. So we're like, uh, this is kind of weird. Whatever. Let's find the charger. So we, we, you know, his phone drops down to like two and one percent exceptionally fast. We get a charger. We're like, all right, no harm, no foul. What have you? We carry on with the night. Everything's pretty boring. The babe is sleeping just fine. Um, and we go to go to bed and he uses, my boyfriend uses the bathroom and he comes out and he's like, it's weird. I went to flush the toilet and I felt like it almost started flushing before I touched the handle. And I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, they, I know they've been doing some renovations on this house. It must be like a fancy new toilet or whatever. Again, just brushing it off because we didn't know anything. And this is where it starts getting crazy. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm getting sickly. So we wake up the next morning, um, and the sun was up, and so, you know, I shoot out of bed, just kind of like, all right, got to go check on the babe, what's going on? So I pop up, I go into the, the baby's bedroom, and he's fine, thankfully, he's, you know, he's wide awake, and he's looking up at me, and so I get him out, and I get him all changed and ready, and my boyfriend was awake too, he was just kind of sitting up in bed, and he, you know, I, I bring the baby in there, and he's like, hey, did you hear that? And I was like, what are you talking about he goes right before you woke up like a few minutes before you woke up I heard a massive massive bang downstairs like it sounded like someone just like spiked a bowling ball or ripped the microwave out of the wall like something happened downstairs and I was like uh that's super creepy I didn't hear anything I woke up super peacefully he's like well no after the big bang I got scared so I was like Taylor the parents are here trying to wake me up and I was like, well, A, that's stupid of you, and B, let's go check it out. So we walked downstairs, and literally nothing was out of place. There was not a single toy out of place. There was no, no one was in the house, thank goodness. Um, nothing was ripped off the wall. There was nothing broken. There was no cause of the noise. And so, again, you know, he's, he's a little more shooken up. I'm like, eh, whatever, you probably dreamed it. And he's he's pretty shooken up because, like, he could feel the noise of the thing vibrate through the walls and through the bed. So he was a little on edge. And we are like, all right, yep, yep, whatever. So the parents come home a couple hours later. Um, and everything's fine with the kiddo. And everything's fine. And we're leaving. And, you know, we're just making small talk about the house. And it turns out they had gotten the house for dirt cheap because there was a horrendous fire there within the last four years the whole house had to be gutted and redone which is why it had newer appliances but unfortunately the uh either the owner or one of the residents of the house didn't make it out and she was a 22 year old girl who was found down in the living room god i'm, I'm getting fucking goosebumps all down my neck and back talking about this she was found in the living room um and her and none of her dogs had made it out and yeah so we're thinking that she must have had a thing for my, my partner at the time because he was the one who had all the crazy stuff happen to him. Um, and we had no idea about it until we were done. And they asked me to come back and babysit like a month later. And I, I, I politely declined. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, that's a little... I didn't tell them why that I was freaked out that the woman had died in there and that we were having crazy stuff happen. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's one of my ghost stories. I have a bunch of other ones from when my, after my dad passed away. Um, but those are all more, uh, more, more friendly ghost stories and random bumps and knocks, um, inside the walls and lights. And I actually did see him, his ghost come back actually for my parents' 10th wedding anniversary. That was absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, in terms of scary stories, I think that's about it. Happy Halloween. That was crazy.
That's intense. That so good, though. Damn. I'm, like, so glad that she was like, yep, we politely declined. <laughs> I'm like, right, go back to that house. Um, wow. Damn. That was so good. Okay. Cool. Let's see. Who's next? Ooh, okay. So, I read this one already. So, I'm going to read this one next. Here we go. So the story is called Michael. In 1999, my 10-year-old brother, Michael, passed away in our home. I was 16. He had been in and out of hospitals his entire life. Michael had a number of medical conditions in addition to a moderate intellectual disability and Down syndrome. He spoke in broken sentences and incomplete words, basically a language only our immediate family understood. For example, he referred to our brother as bro. My sisters were wis and e, and I was yuck. Shrug. I got over it. Michael lost his life to sleep apnea. It developed from rapid weight gain, a side effect for medications he was prescribed. Despite experiences the experiencing these hurdles, Michael taught me the true meaning of unconditional love. He was and still is a bright shining light in our family. I think of him often. We found him in the morning of June 17th. My stepfather got ready for work and went in to give him a, give him a kiss goodbye, just like every other morning. I woke up to my stepfather screaming at the top of his lungs for my brother to wake up. I ran into his bedroom next to mine and turned on the light. While everything in the room was turned to color, Michael remained gray. I knew he was gone. Most of what happened after that is a blur, except for the intense feeling of relief. In that moment, I couldn't cry. And believe me, I tried. I tried to force the tears hard. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Instead, I smiled. I felt a huge weight lifted. He told me he was okay. That everything was better. I can't even explain it. But even after they removed his body, whenever Mr. Bunny, my stuffy that protected me from everything evil, and I would go into his room, I couldn't help but smile a huge, genuine smile. His room was nothing but peaceful silence during the day. At night, it was a very different story. Mr. Bunny couldn't even bring me comfort. Michael's bedroom was definitely off limits. The next few days, when I would lay in my bed at night, it felt like I was being bombarded with frantic energy trying to convey a message. It felt like I had a window in front of me and it was being stuffed with hands reaching towards me for help. It was absolutely terrifying. The only emotions I could clearly pick out were panic, desperation, and fear. But I could tell whatever they wanted to convey was comforting and loving. It seemed like they were desperate to communicate with someone before the window closed. I don't know if that's accurate, but their approach was too much for me to handle. And 16-year-old me was scared as fuck. I realized in that moment I'm very approachable to spirit. Once I fell asleep, however, Michael would visit me in my dreams often, always comforting me, telling me he was okay and he was happy. 
When I think back to remembering these dreams, the feeling is amazing, so peaceful, but I was still scared as fuck. I would try to get help from my mom, but obviously devastated, she would get so angry with me. Don't you dare be afraid of your brother. It was a hard time. One evening, a few weeks after Michael's passing, when visitors stopped coming every day, my brother Matt and I were sitting in our living room watching TV. From my seat in our traditional ranch-style home, I could see to the end of the hallway to the bedrooms. From the corner of my eye, I thought I was standing at the end. I thought I saw someone standing at the end of the hallway. I turned my head, and it was Michael but his image was from his former years when he was in better health and could walk. Before heading into sheer panic because I just don't know how to deal with this gift, I asked Matt to come see. He slowly walked over and looked down the hall, then confirmed Michael was standing there, thus leading to full-on panic and every light in the house being turned on. In an unfortunate series of events, Michael passed away two months before my family was relocating to Pittsburgh. After his passing, we took a few road trips to look at homes, register, register for school, etc., and I slept. Every trip, the entire trip, I was knocked out. The last trip we took before actually moving, I was lying in the back seat of the minivan like usual. I opened my eyes and there was Michael. Arms crossed and rested on the back of the seat, chin resting on arms, smiling. He was sitting in the trunk space, peeking over at me. He lifted his right hand, waved, and said hi. Twice I questioned him, and he just repeated the wave and hi. And then he was gone. I sat up, panicked, explained to my family what happened, but I just ended up unsetting, upsetting my mother and therefore my stepfather. I think my frustration took over the fear. I had seen him in dreams a few times in the new house, but not long after school started, he stopped visiting me. Haven't really seen him since. What do you think about what that? What the hell? What the hell? I, d- I don't know. Like, I just couldn't. I There's no way I could, like, handle something like that. Yeah. No way. I think it's, like, always nice that, like, relatives, like, come to visit sometimes, but, like, I just... It's hard. Yeah. But especially at 16, I feel like that would be so difficult. Yeah. Whew. Thank you so much for sharing your story, though. That was very beautifully written, honestly. Um. Okay. So, I found a Reddit story. Do you want to read it? It's an alien story. Yeah. Aliens. Okay. This was written by Appalachian Wind. First time I ever tried to write this down. First time telling anyone outside the family. I'm leaving out time and location and other details because I'm still scared of what might happen if I pub if it public what might happen with it publicly, I guess. Summer before 8th grade, me and two of my friends snuck out at midnight to go walk around the neighborhood and go see these girls on the next block who were having a sleepover. We turn a corner in our neighborhood and there's this huge black blimp-shaped thing in the sky. Like the pictures of the Hindenburg, but bigger, 
than that and as close if not closer. Completely silent and the size of at least four or five football fields across. No exaggeration. Even though I was young. We stare at it, entranced, asking each other over and over again if we see it, which we all agree that we do, standing there frozen in one place. It's like black polished gunmetal, no lights, no sound, no anything. It's just hovering there. And then I don't know what happened, but time clearly jumps. Next thing I remember is the craft shipped government experiment, whatever the hell it is, has gone. Oh, whatever the hell it is, has gone. And there's a tiny glowing white barbell thing in the sky. Seemingly slowly falling to earth with wisps of smoke coming off of it. Then two brand new black trucks with silver gearboxes on the back, like F-150s or S-10s, but nicer, came speeding down the street, going about 70 in a residential 25 mile, mile per hour neighborhood. Then after that, I remember walking home to one of my friend's houses and going to bed. At that point, it was like 5 or 6 in the morning and the sun was coming up. We all made a promise to tell my dad in the morning because he worked for the city, but we never did. I don't know what happened later in life to one of my friends who was there, but the other was my best friend and we sort of made an unspoken pact never to talk about it. Don't know how or why we did that. We all grew up and I sort of lost touch with him too. We did reconnect over Facebook and such over the years, but it was like there was something between us neither of us wanted to touch or talk about. Looking back on it now, there's no way we could have been the only ones to see it. It was that late it w- it wasn't that late at night and it was over a heavily populated suburb of a major city. The idea of this has always scared me more than any sort of possible abjunction. Uh, scenario that there were others and were all volunteers voluntarily suffering a sort of collective amnesia except in how we're not i thought about hypnosis but that scares me too plus i'm not sure if i'd trust the results i was just a kid then and i'm not sure if i could trust the hypnosis what i do know again is that there's no way it was just the three of us who saw it. We're taking a huge thing hovering in the sky directly above hundreds of houses just after midnight on a summer weekend night, but nothing on the news, nothing in the paper, nothing on TV, no words spoken about it ever again by anyone. This is a true story. I'm a little older, and the average around here, I think, but I know the creepypasta and stuff like that is. This happened, and there's no way I'm the only one who remembers. No way. Thanks for letting me get up, get that off my chest. Woo. Damn, Reddit is like a powerful place. A lot of people tell their stories. Woo. Cool. So, let's see. Next story. Have you ever heard of people who, like, um, 
can't recognize like other people's faces like or like everybody looks faceless to them like everyone they ever meet yeah no yeah it's like it's it's some sort of um condition um like your brain just doesn't process it which is like why people can't like remember who certain people are unless they like meet them quite a few times because then they base it off of like voices and smells Mm. and stuff but like um the most um famous story of that is it's called something like the guy who mistakes his wife for his hat huh that's a true story yeah like he tries to pick her up and put her on his head Hmm. interesting that's terrifying all right we're ready for our next story yeah all right so we moved to the farm when i was seven in 1999 It was over 100 acres and had a large graveyard on the property and a house that dated back to the 1600s. Run! (laughs) Seriously. It was an old log cabin. Yep. The cabin was old and dusty smelling. And as the realtor had shown my parents, it wasn't in any condition to be lived in. As a child, my parents never exposed us to spooky happenings that they experienced after buying the farm. They soon bought a, a modeler home, and the first night we stayed there, a strange mist appeared in the kitchen. My mother shrugged this off as her imagination and never mentioned again. My brother had just turned four when we moved. If anybody could tell you about ghosts or strange things, it was him. Even as we had family come to our home, such questions as, why are there holes in the building? My four-year-old brother piped up and said, because that's where they shot at Native Americans. He had two make-believe friends, Tom and Great Grass. They were brothers, according to him, but weren't allowed to play together. So he could never play with them both at the same time. We never noticed how truly scary his friends were until my mother began to be curious over who had all died on our farm. Names including a seven-year-old child named Thomas. He continued to have his friends scaring our family, family members with the historical accuracies they would tell him. My aunt once sat at the table and he asked her to move. She said, why? And he said, because she was sitting on his friend. She felt very cold with goosebumps appearing shortly after. That night, my aunt was awoken up in the middle of the night and saw a small child playing with his toys on the floor. My aunt told the boy to go to bed thinking it was my brother. The next morning, it was discovered my brother had went to sleep in my mom's bed and had been there all night. My grandmother had many times... Uh, she told us to clean up our toys and toys would be thrown into toy boxes by some someone other than us. We had several sightings of Tom until my brother was told by Tom's mother they couldn't play anymore. Upon hearing about Tom and the strange mist that appeared in our kitchen, a popular ghost hunting crew asked to come to our home. My mother told them they could do an interview that night when my father went to work. My brother and I had the stomach virus, so my mother asked us to sleep in her bedroom so she could watch us. My brother stayed on the left side, and I was on her right with our mom in the middle. 
My mother was on the phone telling his team of stories she um, team of stories she experienced, from it involving a black shadow creature scaring her in the bathtub to hearing a small child screaming for help at night. I laid awake at nine year nine years old and listened, fascinated because I had never had any experiences of my own. In fact, they always stayed away from my room. My mother ended up ended the call and we turned off the lights to sleep. I was almost asleep when I felt the bed vibrate. It was a very violent shake. I screamed out for my mother who told me I was imagining things. I attempted to lay back down only to have the bed shake again. I yelled for my mother again. This time when she woke up, woke up the bed shook again. She yelled at me and my brother to run into my bedroom since there was never anything that happened there. On our way through the living room, our recliner was rocking back and forth. We finally all jumped into my bed, covered our heads, and hoped for the nightmare to end. That next morning, I went to the living room early. My mom had went back into her room. I saw a clear spirit with very detailed facial features of an African-American who was scrubbing the floor. I wasn't afraid, but was startled since I'd never seen anything like that. So I ran back to my room and covered my head again. I placed salt all around my doors to my bedroom that afternoon and ignored the disturbed carpet where I'd seen the ghost. We didn't have any activity after that, except for more than a year later, my brother came running through our garden, screaming the Native Americans were after him. He said he saw three of them on horses running after him. All activity came to a stop after I convinced my mom to let me put salt at all the doors. We would see shadows and hear voices laughing, but never any physical manifestations like we'd seen before. The last time anyone saw anything before I went to college was my grandmother seeing a woman peeking over a door frame after my grandpa uh, fought with her. But now, after college, is another story. What? I'm not sleeping tonight. <laughs> I just, like, can't handle, like, the rocking chair. I know, the rocking chair and then, like, the bed shaking. Yeah. <sighs> no. But also it's, like, when you steal people's land and try to live on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'd yeah. I'd be pissed off, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, like, talking with my buddy at work today, and I was, he's, like, literally America is just, like, built on cursed land. It is. Like, the entirety of America is yeah, just because 100% colonialism. cursed. Thanks, white Europeans, for fucking shit up. And now everything's haunted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fucked up. All right. So... Let's see here. All right. So. I don't know. You got any more stories? I do. But I want to find. Um, I want to find an unexplained story on Reddit. And I feel like I'm having trouble finding one. Hmm. Why don't you read one and I'll try and find one. Okay, cool. All right. So, let me see. I have two more stories over here. Alrighty. Here we go. So, this person submitted their story. And they said, I have a creepy story that actually just happened to me on Tuesday. So, what? I woke up unable to move 
the only thing I could move was my eyes. And I see an older woman in our bedroom and I try to scream to wake up my boyfriend and nothing would come out. She was walking towards him and I was trying to reach out to my boyfriend to shake him awake, but I was unable to move and she disappeared. And as soon as she did, I was able to move again. So I sat up and just had an overwhelming feeling come up upon me and I just broke down crying. The next day I was in the basement, which I have been down there a thousand times, and on the shelf was an old rusted rosary I have never seen before. I called my mom to tell her what happened, and she said the same thing happened to my dad the same night that he saw a black figure instead. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) That's so creepy. Sleep paralysis is no joke, y'all. Thank you for sharing the story. You're sorry. <laughs> Unexplained mystery. Okay, talk about bitch. A few years ago, when my buddy and I were still in high school, we stayed the night and everything was cool and okay. This happened about two weeks after Christmas. We had fun the whole night, but in the morning we had to go to school. Both of us experienced it, and to this day we can't explain it. We were just outside of my apartment, and suddenly, everything went bright green, then bright white. It was a cold winter morning in Oregon, so originally the sky was pitch black. When this flash happened, I was eyeing this cute girl from across the street. We were all walking to school, but for some reason our bodies froze completely. I was stepping off the curb, but my foot never hit the ground. I was frozen in time. I felt as though a few minutes had passed, but my buddy was frozen. The cute girl was frozen. The world had frozen. After the white flash turned the black sky to a sunny day for a split second, we could all move again. My buddy looked at me in horror. He assumed we had just been nuked. I've rushed to the cute girl to ask if she saw that. She said yes, crying, and rushed back home. I looked at my phone, thinking we had now become late to school, but not a single minute had gone by. I started looking up. I started looking this up, and apparently this has happened to other people. I don't know what it is, but I thought maybe someone could help me understand. Weird. All right, I got one. Growing up, there was this girl who always freaked the fuck out of the other neighborhood kids. For example, she told all of the girls that in the forest behind her house, there were dead, bloody people in it. All the kids freaked out and told their parents, which resulted in all the dads doing a search in the forest, only to find hot pocket wrappers and empty beer bottles. (laughs) (laughs) After that, all the neighborhood kids refused to go near her, including me. A few few years later, my parents got a divorce. The day that the movers came to my dad's house to get my mom's stuff out, the girl comes out of nowhere. She said that Matt didn't like that my parents were getting a divorce. My dad ended up telling me that Matt was her imaginary friend who was often too physical. Even though I stopped being friends with her, her parents were still friends with my dad. Her parents told my dad that Matt could control the lights, even make the power go out, one time. Matt also knocked on the doors at night, but if he was ignored, the banging on the doors would start. 
Two years after my parents' divorce, my dad decided that he would invite the whole family over to catch up. I was begging that my dad not to, but she said it would. he said it would be nice. So when they came over, my dad said to show the girl my bedroom since I got a new TV. I show her to my room and she's acting normal and complimenting my room, but I was still freaked out because she just sat on the floor while I tried to put a movie into my DVD player. And I shit you not, but out of nowhere, mid-conversation in the most deadpan voice, she said, Matt's here. At that exact moment, the lights flickered and I fucking ran out of my room crying. Her parents ran into my room and dragged their daughter out and went home. I refused to sleep in my bedroom for weeks. I haven't heard much from that family ever since then. I heard that Matt still controlled the lights, but I don't know if he's still around. Even to this day, when the lights flicker or a bulb breaks, I still freak out. (laughs) Dang. Cool. So, here, read this one. Okay. I was about 11 when this happened, and it remains one of the scariest things that has ever happened to me. I grew up in rural Ireland, and our house was the last of four houses located on this country lane. I used to get the bus home from school every day and ordinarily ordinarily the bus driver would drop me off at the top of the lane and I would walk the rest of the mile or so to my house. This day was no different. I jumped off the bus and started making my way down the road towards the house. I was about halfway down the road when I heard a car driving up behind me. I stood in off the road on the grassy verge and the car slowed down to a stop beside me. I didn't recognize the car at all, or the man in it, and I remember thinking instantly that something wasn't right. This is a rural area. Everyone knows everyone, and strangers stick out like a sore thumb. The guy rolls down the window and says, Hi, Karen. Do you want to lift the rest of the way? My name is not Karen, so now I know for sure that this guy is up to no good. I tell him that isn't my name and say that I'm grand anyway, I can walk. He was, he just sort of nodded at me and didn't say anything else, so I started walking on my way, I started walking away from the car. I was really nervous at this point. I didn't look behind me, but I hadn't heard the car reversing or driving away, so I just assumed he was sitting there watching me walk. After a few more meters, I look behind me and I see that he has gotten out of his car and is walking after me. (gasps) Yeah, (laughs) I took off running up the road. I could hear him running after me and it suddenly occurred to me that my parents probably wouldn't be home from work yet. And my brother, who was older than me, was probably still in school, so I wouldn't be alone. So I would be alone in the house. That's when I started crying. I finally reached our driveway, ran up and around to the back of the house and burst into the kitchen to find, lo and behold, my brother sitting at the kitchen table, eating toast. (laughs) He had skeeved off school for the afternoon. At this point, my heart felt like it was going to come through my chest, and I was so out of breath from running and crying that I could hardly even explain to him what was wrong, except that there was a man. My brother played one of the national sports in Ireland during his teenage years and grabbed his hurley, which is an Irish version of a baseball bat. 
to simplify things. He ran outside with it to find this man at the bottom of our driveway. He went down to confront him, but the man took one look at my brother and the Hurley, turned turned and booked it out of there. We told our parents who reported it to the cops, but nothing ever came of it. I don't know for sure what that man's intentions were, but I am certain he meant to harm me. I think I narrowly avoided an abduction. It makes me wonder just how many kids come across creeps like that and don't manage to escape. We only ever hear the big newsworthy abduction stories, but I'm sure good kids get stolen on a pretty regular basis. Ugh, I don't like that. Alright, so I got one last story. From submitted from a friend. So um, this person and a few friends of them um, of theirs went to Bobby McKay's in Kentucky. Um, So apparently Bobby McKay is. Let me just. So Bobby McKay's. um, It's like a music world and nightclub. They call it is a nightclub and a honky-tonk located in Wilder, Kentucky, United States, owned by country singer Bobby McKee. Urban legends claim the nightclub is the site of hauntings, murders, and suicides. However, no credible evidence exists for such claims. Cool. So they do, like, tours at different times, and, like, you can book out, like, certain amount of hours that you want to do and stuff. Okay. So our friend and a few of her friends went there and she said they gave us some time to investigate the first floor. I was to the left of the bar where the stage and tables are investigating. Everyone else was to the right of the bar investigating the pool table area or where the money was taken. I propped my phone up in the corner to catch sounds while I just sat. All of a sudden, something heavy started coming towards me. It sounded it was like it was jumping table to table to get to me. It was only split seconds, but I caught the sound on my recording. So when you hear this recording, you'll hear the loud, heavy sound get closer and closer. And then me grabbing my phone, walking fast in my flip-flops, and breathing heavily. (laughs) (laughs) Ready for this? Oh, she said it. Should I play it one more time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you hope just hear that. It and you're like, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. You're like, no. Yeah, it'd be like, peace. Bye. Okay, one more time. Ain't getting possessed today. Like how she's like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt like there was like a, ooh. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> like a, see ya. <laughs> oh. 
I did not just hear that. No. So that concludes our episode. I'm sure we could keep going for a million years, but um, that was a lot of cool stories. Yeah. We, cu- we touched a lot. And thank you so much to our listeners and our friends um, and everything for sending their stories and that was super cool to be able to hear one of them um say it themselves and sending like creepy evidence it was super fun so hopefully you enjoyed our last spooky episode of october 2019 stay tuned for 2020 happy halloween bitches Um, So at this point, we are just here to remind you that we have an Instagram. It is Gray Awakenings. What? Don't worry about it. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're at Gray Awakenings on Instagram. Please follow us. Please share um, the podcast with other people. The biggest way that you can help our small, like, literally, we do not get paid to do this. We literally do it on our free time. Because it's fun. Because it is fun. Um, But... Please share a podcast. This is such a a passionate project for us. We want to educate people. We want to share information with people and share spooky stories, apparently. Um, So please share a podcast with your friends, your family. Share it on social media. Link to our Instagram. Um, We really would appreciate that. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, please rate us five stars because that's really good. And it Um, helps other people find us. And if you aren't rating us five stars, just don't bother. It's fine. Uh, (laughs) Just kidding. Do you get what I'm saying? What? I said, if you are going to rate us and you don't rate us five stars, don't even bother. (laughs) (laughs) So um, also, uh, we do have a Patreon as well. So if you want to support us financially, um, we have a bunch of different uh, levels. We have a $2 option, $5 option, $10 option, etc. monthly. And then it accesses uh, super cool stuff that we will do for you. So that is patreon.com slash great awakenings. You can find me on Instagram at the sensual nonconformist and me on Facebook at Hannah Gray. And you can find me on Facebook at Adrian Gray and on Instagram at the transpirational healer. We love you all so damn much. Have so a goddamn much. Ass Halloweeny 2019. Shit your pants. What? Scream. Did you just say shit your pants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you shit your pants. <laughs> Don't manifest that on our people. Eh, it might be fun. It, then we can do a whole episode of shark stories. Great. We'll have a whole <laughs> poop story episode. And then I can do my dream. Yeah. Maybe we will. Let us know if you want a poop story episode. <laughs> so the gray areas of life, including shitting your pants. Um. <clears throat> so we love you all so much. We'll leave you with Hannah dropping the microphone. <laughs> Drop my mic. Oh my god, I dropped the mic. <laughs> mic drop. Bye. Bye. Mic drop.